0: This is an explicit podcast meant for those over the age of 18. Any views expressed in this podcast are based solely on our own experiences. This podcast does not constitute as medical or other professional advice. Welcome to Front Porch Swingers, where we talk about sex on our terms.
1: We talk swinging, hot wiping, BDSM, and so much more in the hopes that we will inspire you to enjoy sex on your terms.
0: Enjoy the show, everybody. Hey, everyone. Welcome to Front Porch Swingers. I'm Brenna. I'm Brian. So, Alt Playground, guys. One of our major sponsors and one of our major favorite places to be in the lifestyle.
1: Yes. There is so much going on at Alt Playground. The diversity of people is fun. Yes. There is our community page, which you should totally go over and check out. Very cool. Yeah. Podcast Corner, which is where all the best podcasts can be found right? Hell yes. And videos, which we are doing one of tonight.
0: And guys, they just launched a new module called Conferences, which our guest today is going to be a part of. She's already on there with her amazing conference. But it's a great place to check out some very sex positive educational events going on across the country. And we highly suggest that you check that out along with all of the other amazing features of Alt Playground by heading over to altplayground.net today.
1: Yes, go check it out. Lots of cool shit happening over there.
0: Hell yeah. Also, guys, we are sponsored today by Promescent. We have had so much positive feedback about the Delay Spray, something we've been talking about for a long time now, a product that will help you either when you have premature ejaculation or if you just want to extend your sexy bedroom playtime.
1: Yeah, who doesn't want to do that? We (laughs) we certainly do. I don't know who doesn't want to do that.
0: Yeah, who the hell wouldn't want a little more sexy time in the bedroom with their partner or partners
1: lots of negative connotations a lot of times attached to products like this absolutely not we use it it's awesome our friends use it everyone uses it they call it a dick spray (laughs) which we love
0: We've gotten many people hooked on it and we hope you will get hooked on it. If you head on over to promescent.com, that is is P-R-O-M-E-S-C-E-N-T.com, use our promo code, which is SWING15, and you will get 15% off of your entire order.
1: Yeah, jump on over there, check it out. They have a lot of cool shit. Highly recommend it. Love the Vitaflux too.
0: Yeah. So we've had quite the week because (laughs) you have been preparing for something very naughty.
1: Yes, I have. There's been a lot going on. We have a lot going on, but in the midst of all the things we have to do, I am also prepping for yours and our friend Hannah's first gangbang.
0: Yeah. how's that been for you?
1: It has been (laughs) eye-opening. So I know there are folks out there, there are plenty of guys out there probably have set up a similar situation for their partner, and I don't imagine anyone has found it any less frustrating than I am.
0: (laughs) I'm sure not.
1: It is a challenge. You know, you want to be constructive, you want to give positive feedback, and you know, you want to respond in a cordial fashion, you know, you don't want to be shitty, but sometimes guys just don't make it easy. Yes. You know, they just don't make it fucking easy.
0: I can understand that. So...
1: Single guy tip of the week today. Let's talk about that for a minute. There's I could I have many to choose from.
0: I'm sure you do.
1: Many to choose from.
0: Based on what you've showed me, it's been horrendous. Yeah.
1: So there's a couple. So let me just throw this out. This is a this is just a free PSA. If you're going to get a tattoo on your cock, okay.
0: Well, don't. First of all. Yeah. First of all,
1: I I, I have a lot of tattoos. I'm not even sure. I, I can't imagine what that must feel like. So. But if you are, if you're the guy that says, fuck this, I'm tattooing my cock, the same holds true for the cock tattoo as for your arm tattoo. Good tattoos aren't cheap and cheap tattoos aren't good. Right. So if you're going to emblazon your cock with something as permanent as a tattoo, please spend the extra money. And get a really fucking good one.
0: Well, what I told you, okay. So what you're referring to is this guy sent you a message.
1: Unsolicited cockpick, by the way.
0: Responding to an ad in which you said, "Please send a body and a face pick."
1: I also said they do not need to be in the same frame. So a picture of your face, a picture of your body does not need to be nude. So they don't. Have, you know, so it wasn't like they had to obvious who the person was, kind of thing. Right. So he sends me a half-assed face picture. It was a terrible picture right he had sunglasses and a hat on like he was in like he was in some kind of disguise and three pictures of his cock
0: yes and on his cock was a fucking lightning bolt and a horrible one at that. Horrible.
1: It looked it. it looked like maybe like a six-year-old had drawn a lightning bolt and <laughs> exactly. then they traced it and they tattooed it on his cock.
0: Exactly. Listen,
1: man, I get it. It must have been fucking painful. And you were probably squirming around like you had ants in your pants. I get it. Right. But if you're going to do it, if you're going to just fucking, you're going to just commit to having your cock tattooed, you got to have a better plan. It needs plan. to be
0: on point. You got to have a better plan. Fuck yeah. Have
1: a better fucking plan. Yeah. Okay, so it's bizarre, I know. But my single guy tip of the week is simple. <laughs> if you're trying to stand out, you want to stand out from the crowd, right? You want to you wanna separate yourself from the fray. Mm-hmm. You're like, nah, fuck the piercing. Everyone does that. I'm going to tattoo this monster. Everyone That's what I'm going to do. Everyone does
0: piercings? Hold on, let's back up to well, that. I mean, Who if does you, piercings? If you're,
1: well, if you're going to do something to your cock, you pierce it, Right. I mean, I've
0: never been with a guy who had a pierced cock.
1: Well, that was a—I guess that was a thing, like you know, the years '90s. Ago. Maybe I guess. Yeah, but not I, now. I don't know. I honestly don't know what it is now. I know it's not tattooing, so <laughs> right. I'm fairly certain it's not anyway. But if you're gonna—if you're gonna commit, you're gonna get in the fucking chair, <laughs> you're gonna drop fucking trowel and have somebody work on your cock with a fucking tattoo gun. Yeah. Please make sure it is a decent fucking tattoo. Yeah, and don't scrimp. Do not scrimp on the oh, tattoo. The
0: lines weren't even straight. They were like all squiggly. It was And blue... He well, had was like also a blue um, lightning bolt and it was...
1: Like a gold trim, right? Or something? Yeah, but it yeah. wasn't
0: even like fully filled in. Well,
1: obviously... Listen, sitting through that had to be the fucking worst. <laughs> the fucking worst, right? So you also have to imagine that probably... His cock was not hard when the tattoo was done. And in the picture, his cock is hard. So, of course, the tattoo looks totally fucking different. It's distorted. It's yeah. It's drawn out. Yeah, yeah, it looks, yeah. It's just faded. <laughs> and listen, how long could you sit there and take it? I mean, the coloring of that must have been a fucking nightmare. Yeah. You know? So, anyway. You've had
0: a lot of tattoos. Do you think you could do one on your dick? Fuck no.
1: There is no fucking way I could sit there and let you tattoo my cock. I just don't, I cannot imagine. That.
0: Would you get a piercing?
1: Nah. No, no, I don't think so. No.
0: I guess I don't really understand the point of the piercings. Well, I really don't understand the point of a cock tattoo.
1: Well, there's no, I mean, it's certainly no sensation benefit from the tattoo, but the, the cock piercing, I imagine, has some kind of, you know, validity to it when it comes to that, no, I'm sure. For
0: the man or the woman? For the woman, both. I
1: would think. Or, or both. Potentially for both, but certainly for the woman, I would think. Kind of like a, you know, a very ribbed condom. I don't know. Hmm. I'm not sure. I never Interesting. did. So I have no clue. I've Now, I've clearly, I've been with women with that have had piercings. Like and, hood
0: piercings and shit? Yeah, and it has
1: zero had zero effect on me. So I, I don't know. But did it
0: feel better for them? Did yes. they say?
1: Yes, absolutely.
0: Interesting.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I am I've not met,
0: willing to find out.
1: I've met many women who have had it done who say they orgasm at the time they have it done.
0: What? Yeah,
1: uh, 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 instantly. They, like, may,
0: they must be masochist like I am then. I
1: guess. Imagine <laughs> what would happen to you. <laughs> anyway, single guy tip of the week. If you're going to tattoo your cock, really think it through. Really yeah. think it through. Pay the extra money. Get the good tattoo.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Do your research. Find someone who actually knows what the fuck they're doing. Yeah, listen. Or or here's an idea. Don't tattoo. Your Listen, cock. I'm
1: all for tattoo. We all, we both have them. We, we, I am covered in them. If you yeah, want to get that, that that tattoo, that's fine. That's but, not sexy. Well, but do the same due diligence. Well, I don't know. Maybe if it, like he sat through like a serious fucking like cock piece, and this thing was like gray and black, and you know, it was, you know, the right shading. I mean, it would be very cool. But Maybe I don't know how the fuck you sit through it. I'm not sure how it gets done. I I mean, I don't know the logistics of it, but if you're going to do it, the first thing I would do is probably ask the tattoo artist in question, do you have a cock tattoo in your portfolio? You can show me. (laughs) I need to see. That's what I need to see. Yeah. But the truth is, I mean, how many tattoo shops do you have to go into in whatever fucking town you live in to find someone that's done one? Yeah. I don't know. Maybe it's maybe it's more common than I think. I just never. I, it's not. It's the first for me. I don't know. Yeah. So anyway. So yeah. On top of the tattoo thing, maybe don't just randomly send your fucking cock either, which this guy totally did. Not one. Not twice. Three fucking pictures. Three. Three All different angles. Very three. proud of the tattoo. <laughs> Very proud of the tattoo.
0: All three of the tattoo from different angles. All three horrible cock Yeah,
1: just, yeah. I mean, you just couldn't, you can't unsee the tattoo. So anyway, that's.
0: That's the thing. It's seared in my brain. I would never be able to forget that cock.
1: Yeah, that's my single guy tip of the week. I I, I just wouldn't tattoo my cock. (laughs) I mean, I don't know how many things can go wrong, but I imagine it's a few. A lot. Like you end up with a bad tattoo on your cock. I mean, then imagine having to laser that fucking thing off. Ooh, I understand the no, laser no, no. is much more painful than yeah, the and tattoo.
0: It, it I think it takes like eight sessions. Uh, it's whatever. not a one thing, yeah. one and done thing. Yeah,
1: explain that to the fucking, you know, to the tech performing that fucking procedure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah i was drunk and you know fucking around in new orleans Thought it would or be a Vegas great idea to have a
0: lightning bolt in my yeah, cock and yeah. lo and behold it's not <laughs>
1: yeah bachelor party gonna i don't know whatever so yeah oh, that's uh, it was interesting so yeah there's a lot uh, a lot happening with the gangbang prep there's a lot of lots of profiles to sift through lots of emails to sift through it's quite uh, a challenge
0: yeah i'm sure i
1: have a couple of guys so far that seem solid but out of 150 fucking emails probably two at this point are solid.
0: Ugh, I can't imagine. Yeah, it's crazy. Have it's crazy. any been like Ridiculously over-the-top disrespectful or is it mostly just like I don't know that this stupidity
1: res- Yeah, it's just a lot. It's I don't even know that it's stupidity I think it's a little I probably there's a little there's definitely some ignorance like, you know It's a very well-written but you saw I I, yeah. I don't I don't mince words in these things, right? Mm-hmm. We, we're looking for something specific And the one guy I showed you last night, literally his phone number, and it said, call me. Right. Who the fuck does that?
0: Has anyone tried to push back on condoms or no smoking?
1: Nope, 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 nope. Uh, One guy, one guy asked if by smoking, we meant all smoking, like weed and cigarettes and cigars. But the rest of the email was so bad, I just didn't respond to it. (laughs) So uh, it was pretty bad. Fair enough. Yeah. yeah. So anyway. This is
0: going to be a challenge. Yeah, it's a
1: lot of work. It is not easy. I hope Hannah appreciates it. Because uh, it's a lot of work.
0: She will better.
1: She will. <laughs> she totally will. So
0: I will too. Hopefully.
1: Yeah. Anyway, besides that, we have a lot of shit going on.
0: And I am excited for an interview we have coming up very shortly. We I are not going to give it away yet. Our Patreon members know who we're talking about because yes. we teased it on a recent bonus episode, but our 100th episode, guys, is going to be fucking... <laughs> Phenomenal! You have no idea.
1: Yeah, this is a long time coming. A lot of people have been asking for it. Lots of people have been asking for so it. So
0: many of you guys,
1: and uh, it's like at
0: least an email a week, if not more. Oh, for, for sure. For like the last for sure twenty weeks. Yeah,
1: for sure. We're gonna we're gonna, It's gonna be good. So the hundredth episode, we're gonna record it actually Monday. And we're just going to bank it until for another six weeks, basically right? yeah. five weeks, and it's going to be fucking amazing. I cannot wait.
0: Can you believe we're going to be at a hundred episodes in six weeks? That's fucking crazy. Yeah, it
1: seems like I mean, I mean, it just seems like we started this thing like yesterday.
0: Yeah, it's not. It's been almost two years. Yeah,
1: October will be two years.
0: It's fucking crazy. Yeah,
1: but but episode one hundred will be a lot of fucking fun.
0: Trust me when I tell you, if you only listen to this episode and episode 100, you'll be a happy listener.
1: Yeah, it's going to be a good time. I'm not even sure how we make it like in an hour. I'm not sure we do an hour of it. And I'm looking forward to the interview that we are doing today
0: today is great, guys. Yes. Holy cow. So I will say we interviewed with this amazing woman the first time like three weeks ago. Yes. And I totally fucked up and destroyed the fucking audio. It was not up to par. Right. And so we asked her if she'd be willing to come back a second time. Yeah, and there was inter- no saving it. There was no,
1: no salvaging it. <laughs>
0: in an interview with us again. And I'm so glad she did because yes. the second time we went so deep, as you yeah. guys will hear on this episode, <laughs> the first time was like really informational and thoughtful and good but the second time we dove so deep into our relationship and her thoughts on it and it's one of the most unique interviews we have ever done on the show.
1: Yeah, well, she is an expert in the field, and so her input was really in- I found it very interesting. I find her whole everything she does is interesting. and I, I really appreciated when we got to talking about it the fact that she stepped out of the mold as a therapist and went into, you know, treating people in the world of ethical non-monogamy and poly and just just stepped outside the the box of typical, Therapy. And to some degree, to a detriment. She she mentions how she was kind of shunned by her peers because of it. And I, I found it very interesting. This is a strong lady who gives zero fucks what those people think. And just she just kind of charged her own path.
0: Well, and really cares about the sex positive community as a whole. And that's why she does what she does. And we have so much respect for that. So we're really excited to share this interview with you guys. This is an interview with someone that I think will change potentially your perspective on polyamory and on sex positivity as a whole. And she's doing some really amazing things in the conference world, which she will talk about in this interview as well. So we hope that you love this interview as much as we do.
1: Yeah, I think think also So what she'll do is she'll make you think about why you're trying to define your your relationship. Why you're trying to put yourself in some kind of sexuality box.
0: As we have done.
1: We've done many times. And uh, the thing that that I found the most interesting is that, like she said, she just likes to fuck. She doesn't really put herself in a box. She don't care. (laughs) I really just appreciate that about her. I did. She was a lot (laughs) of fun.
0: She's fun. So we hope that you guys love this interview with Ruby Johnson. We are here today with Ruby B. Johnson, who is the founder and CEO of Polly Dallas Millennium and a very interesting person that we're very excited to be speaking with today. Hey, Ruby,
2: how are you doing? Good. How are you? How are you doing today? We're great. Thanks
0: for asking. We are so excited to pick your brain on some topics and just in general, get to know you a little bit better and uh, have you share some things with our listeners as well.
1: Yes, absolutely. Ruby, tell us a little bit about yourself. Of course, we know about you, but we want our listeners to know about you and how amazing
2: you are. Wonderful. (laughs) Um, My name is Ruby. As was stated, um, I am the founder and CEO for Poly Dallas Millennium, which is a symposium that happens every year in Dallas, Texas. It's a symposium that focuses on individuals that are uh, folks of color who are also non-binary, transgender, queer, and who are non-monogamous. And of course, everyone is welcome. We have a huge diversity of folks. And also, I'm a sex therapist and educator. I'm in private practice. I have been a therapist for almost 19 years. And I do research. I work. I am non-monogamous, identifies polyamorous. I, as I told them before, I like to fuck a lot. (laughs)
1: <laughs> that's how you identify
2: right yes
1: <laughs> well you you when we first spoke a while back now you mentioned the term or, or or introduced us to the term swally which I love because it's basically a combination of swinging and poly which is basically what you said you were
2: because you yes. like to fuck a lot okay. I like to fuck a lot yes We're definitely I also like to love a lot so hey well of course of course <laughs> I'm a lover. (laughs) (laughs) What is your your poly origin
0: story? When did you know that you were polyamorous, and how did you get into that dynamic?
2: Well, I met someone who was poly. I didn't know what the hell that meant. It was like 2010, 2011, somewhere around there. And he was a young guy and just divorced. I was out of some horrible relationships. And so when I met him, I was just down just to for whatever. However, I wasn't down for polyamory. You know, I didn't know what the hell that was. All I heard was polygamy. And I'm like, hmm, that is, I am nobody's sister wife. I don't even think sister wife was out at that time. But anyway. <laughs> um, so I did my own investigation and I got involved in the kink community. And I was like, I need to find my people because I don't understand this. And so I got involved with the kink community, found out what polyamory is, started dating, I went in like a kid in a candy store, just started swimming um, and all the loving, and I discovered so much about myself, you know, sexual liberation, relational liberation, just let go of a whole lot of shit that wasn't working anymore, and so fast forward, now I'm here. (laughs) Wonderful.
0: What is it that drew you to, I mean, obviously I know that a partner introducing you to the concept was the catalyst, but what was it once you started to really dig in and figure it out that you thought, okay, this is what works for me. This is what speaks to me.
2: Yeah, I think primarily what was the primary thing that worked for me and that attracted me to it. Number one was, was the liberation and freedom, you know, the ability to create whatever I wanted to create in a way of relationships. I wasn't constrained by anyone else's expectations of who I should be, how I should behave, um, who I should date. Also, it allowed me to explore something that had been suppressed based upon a whole lot of church, a whole lot of mama, and a whole lot of daddy, which was around me and my sexual expression, you know, identifying as someone who was queer at that time when I first found that I could be open in my identification, I identified as pansexual. And then later on, I took on queer because it was more of a political stance for me. You know, um, politics is a huge piece of who I am. That's the activist and advocacy aspect of me. And so just the idea that I can have the sexual in addition to the relational liberation was huge for me. Huge.
0: So one of the things that Brian and I have discussed a few times now on our show, and, and many times personally, is the concept of us potentially venturing into polysphere. And I think one of the major concerns for us has always been that time is a constraint and the idea of offering time to other people is, is kind of scary to us. And I think we also operate on the idea of if we were going to be in a polyamorous dynamic, we would almost have to have some sort of hierarchical form to that relationship. Mm -hmm. In other words, we are each other's primary and we would be taking on secondary partners. Mm -hmm. Can you explain a little bit about that like relationship hierarchy versus I know that there's relationship anarchy as well and kind of the difference between the two?
2: Well, um, a relationship anarchist is an individual who has this non-territorial, non-possessive way of being within relationships. Does not prescribe to the um, subscribe. Is it prescribe or subscribe? I don't fucking know. Um, to <laughs> you're,
1: you're, you're, the, you're the expert. Whatever you say. <laughs>
2: well, yeah. <right. laughs> um, doesn't necessarily prescribe to the idea that you know there is a hierarchy in relationship. Each relationship. is is standalone. And additionally, this is an individual, you can call them what you want to call them, but they operate from a space that doesn't take ownership of that particular relationship dynamic, which is hierarchical. And with that dynamic, it's about the primary secondary, but it's about that person that you are in the primary relationship with takes precedence. You know, they are, they are the priority and everyone else and everything else fits in around that, you know, and so that particular dynamic also works well for individuals that are married because just there's so much intertwined or people who live together. Um, there's so much intertwined from finances to kids, if you have those, to just the usual Bureaucratic things, you know, insurance, house, mortgage, all of that stuff that ties into it. But when you're in RA relationship or relationship anarchy, you know, you are your own, I guess, primary person. So that's the difference that falls into there. But there's a whole lot of conflict around. No, not conflict. There's a whole lot of opinion around hierarchical relationships just because of the role that the secondary person plays.
1: When you say there's a lot, so there's a lot, is there a lot of discussion within the poly community on those two oh, subjects?
2: Oh yeah. You know how there's, there, there's gotta be bullshit with everything. You <laughs> oh, know, yeah, we know, this is, this is not Rodney King. Can we all just get along? You know, <laughs> right. it's, it's, it's not that attitude necessarily, but you know, there's opinion around having a secondary because they are seen as someone who is expendable. Because typically in a primary, most of the time there's that veto power. There's that like, I don't want you fucking seeing him anymore or her anymore. And that secondary person can, you know, easily be broken off from. And I see that a lot, you know, and sure. in, in therapy office. You know, so the conversation is typically around that, which is the the power and position of the person who is secondary or tertiary. Within sure. the
1: relationship, do you you personally, Ruby? I'm curious. I know how I feel about it. I'm I'm curious to get your opinion. Do you feel to some degree defeated in in terms of you know thinking that there is so much, let's just say, for lack of a better term, anarchy? within this, the poly space, within the sphere of people kind of going back and forth about the, whether or not their way of living is right or someone else's way of living is right, when the truth of the matter is the whole concept of ethical or consensual non-monogamy is that we shouldn't really have to justify what it is that works for us, yet we, we find ourselves almost in camps, right? People just right. love to choose sides. So mm-hmm. for, for me personally... It always feels a little bit defeating, particularly in the in the ethical non monogamy space in which Brennan and I live, where there's always these different camps where something is acceptable and something isn't, and very rarely is there ever a subject where everyone agrees. You know, consent, for example, is an area where everyone can get on board. But right. talking about, you know, what is the a real swinger, for example. The purist will tell you it's couple for couple heterosexual couple for heterosexual couple. Right, exactly. And, and those people don't necessarily even entertain the idea of bringing in a, a single guy for example into the mix right. and if you do, well then you're not a swinger. Or right. you know, that type of thing. Does it feel sometimes like it's it's de- like it's so defeating the purpose basically or people are really just kind of fighting themselves in this space?
2: Right, absolutely. I mean, I think for some reason there has to be the other the, the right. person that is less than, the person who who's not getting it right, you know, and I think part of it is that there is such this, since the concept of polyamory, you know, has its tenets that's attached to it, I think for some, there's not a concrete definition that everyone agrees upon, that's number one, so that creates the conflict. Number two is that there has to, for some reason, by default, this holy grail way of being in relationships. Like, this is what you strive for. This is the ideal. This is whatever it it needs to be. And so if you're not doing my poly, that's what they'd use, you know, you're not doing poly right. I'm like, what What does that mean? You know, my, my poly is not your poly, you know, it's this competition. And it, it doesn't necessarily have to be this competition, which is why I was attracted to polyamory is because that competitiveness is what leads to the jealousy that leads to the envy and leads to all of that stuff. And so those conversations that are had in my humble opinion, are about those people bringing in a whole, bringing in an attitude from the monogamous world, which is that there is this one way of doing it, and even in non-monogamy, you know, there is this competition between lifestyle swinging and and polyamory. You know, there just has to be that conflict that is there.
1: Yeah, we 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 experienced it personally uh, in the world of BDSM. And swinging, and you know, our ethical non-monogamous life; those two, at least in our area, simply weren't. They didn't jive. The people in the BDSM world,
0: mm-hmm.
1: in front of everyone else and in public, would shun the idea that we were ethically non-monogamous and that we swapped, you know, with other couples. Not ethically and
0: non-monogamous; that, kind of that we were swingers. That we were because swingers. Because many of them yeah. were in poly dynamics, right. and right. it was almost this idea of, well, poly is the right way to do it, and you guys are doing it the wrong way, and therefore. You know, accepting you into our group and really uh-huh. embracing you as swingers is not something that we're interested in doing. Now, granted, that is just in our community because right. we've talked to so many people around the country who have very different experiences, but we did find that interesting. And that was our personal first taste of this poly versus swinger perspective divide, I guess. Mm
1: -hmm. But but to to Ruby's point, what she had said about people, what I said also about people being in different camps and folks having to have it their way, the same people that kind of, you know, when they realized we were swingers in this BDSM group we were in who immediately moved their chairs four feet over to the left away from us, reached out to us privately when they got home and said, Hey, we would really, myself and my uh, partner would really like to meet you guys for a drink. So, behind closed doors, you're totally okay with the idea that we're swingers. <laughs> right. But in front of your other 20 fucking friends, you've right. got a problem with it because you don't want to be ostracized.
2: That's right handsome. No, they it has nothing you. to do with me. <laughs> <yet>. <laughs> yeah. They want it, yeah. Yeah, they I wanted a piece of that, and I don't blame them. Everybody wants a piece of that,
1: right? Well, I appreciate that. I may,
0: <laughs> you,
2: I may just
1: take you up on that. <laughs> I mean, we know you like the fuck a lot. I'm just throwing it out there. So,
2: <laughs> if now, I was white, I'd be red right now.
1: <laughs> so, uh, now, now that I, I think I've got you to blush.
2: <laughs> yes, so, you think. <laughs>
1: So, let me ask you this, in your practice, when mm-hmm. you talk about the hierarchy and the anarchy, and you, obviously you, you you know counsel folks probably in both in both camps, mm-hmm. do you see more success in one over the other
2: well and, and I do want to offer a, a little point of information, which is that relationship anarchy is one way of being in a dynamic right It's, it's one way of Operating and being within non-monogamy, um, there's a whole conversation that relationship anarchy is not really polyamory, but we can we can dive into all kinds of stuff over there, you know. But there is you know solo polyamory, there is e- egalitarian, so there's so many different ways of doing it. And primarily, when I have people within my office, it's not the RA that is the issue; it is the egalitarian versus the hierarchical. Because the egalitarian is where you're not coming in with that hierarchy, everyone is on an even playing field, you know, so it's not that someone has veto power, you know, there's no primary, secondary, everyone has equal accessibility and etc. And so those two come into conflict.
0: So I'd love to switch gears a little bit, Ruby, because we asked you if you might be willing to listen to one of our recent episodes of Front Porch Swingers. It was called Are We (laughs) Polly? Right. And we delved very deep in that episode into what our future may look like in terms of Mm non-monogamy. Obviously, Brian being 20 years my senior has Uh us thinking about like, is there the potential of us inviting another man into my life or woman Uh, I'm bisexual so it could be Mm -hmm. either but that you know I could potentially spend time with and really develop a relationship with in anticipation of Brian one day being not with us (laughs) yeah
1: or be just being too damn old to care anymore
0: and so (laughs) I know (laughs) I know that he's joking. i <laughs>
1: totally joking.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> I'm totally joking. Uh, she thinks I'm going to live to be 90. I told you I've already taken at least 10 years off my life, so there's no way I could make it that, you know, that far. And if I do, I'm going to be totally fucking incapacitated. I have no idea. <laughs> She'll be pushing me around in a fucking wheelchair and I will, or I'll be drooling on myself. I mean, I'm going to be a mess. Which I I said
0: in that episode, I'm happy to do that. I know that I'm going to take care of him because I love him, but I'd also like to get some, you know, some dick. And (laughs) (laughs) Brian's point of that episode was maybe it's not just about the dick. Maybe you also need someone who can come in and provide a, you know, a support system for you and a friendship and all of those different things. So that's had us talking about how do we potentially work towards that dynamic so i know that you listened to that episode and i'd love to get some just kind of general thoughts from your perspective on on what was said
2: well uh, you know i i found that episode really good and i've actually told a couple of people to listen to it because you know some people who were curious about making that that transition from the lifestyle or swinging into polyamory and some of your thoughts, because I found those thoughts really interesting and, and very provocative, and so one of the things that I found interesting was actually from you, brenna was which is around the, that jealousy piece, right, and so it 's about that time sharing with someone, and it 's like you used the word he 's mine, and you know it 's kind of like that 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 possessiveness aspect of it but I guess in my opinion with what y'all were thinking about what you were looking at is the gray area that's there from the friend from someone that you've been seeing on the regular and I think that y'all are pretty ripe
1: (laughs) (laughs) Seasoned, I guess, is for me, Thank right?
2: you. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty ripe for the plucking, um, <laughs> which is that y'all are just looking at, is this sustainable for us? Is this something that, you know, we can maintain? Do we have the attitude or, or the makeup to allow someone into our life at this level? Because it is a, a merging of lives that come into the play, and that's your questioning. I call that the questioning aspect of this, which is like, what are we doing? Do we want to make this move? Is it us? You know, and so my opinion is that on some aspects of it, you you especially with Clint, is that his name? Yes. With some aspects, aspects of it with Clint, it sounds like there's a flavor that you're possibly attracted to with him becoming more involved and you may have feelings. This is my therapist piece coming out. <laughs> <laughs> you may have some feelings for Clint. I don't want to put that on your podcast, but yeah.
1: <laughs> well, we talked about it. You know, Clint has been around now for the better part of a year and a half. Mm-hmm. Um Brenda's other one of her other regular playmates Aiden has been around for, you know, the better part of 10 months, I guess. And the interesting thing is she has just formed a unique dynamic with a longtime Friend, someone who's been a friend of hers, a vanilla friend for five years, who uh-huh. has recently decided in his newly single life that he is interested in exploring. And this conversation came up between he and Brenna. And as it turns out, he has basically asked Brenna to be his keyholder. He wants to be in a in a cuck, in, a, in a, also in a caged situation, uh-huh. um, which Bren and he have now kind of do- they, they've gotten into. It's just basically starting. It's in its infancy. But that's a unique situation for us because unlike the norm where you meet somebody, you begin to have a physical relationship with them or Brenna does, and then they become friends, much like Clint and Aiden. In this situation, this gentleman who we refer to as Ben has been a real friend for many years. And so it's the reverse, friendship first. And now the physical relationship is kind of morphing. So it's an interesting dynamic that we hadn't really expected prior to this.
0: No, yeah, it's it's definitely different than anything that we've that we've looked at before and I think it's also causing us to look at it in terms of, I know my personal concern, for example, is, is there that line there? And we talked about that on the, are we poly episode, but it's like, we've always had this invisible line that we put up and Mm -hmm. we stay on this side of that Mm -hmm. line. We don't venture to that side of the line, but it's like, what if we took away that wall, then what happens? And I think Mm -hmm. that's where, where we're at right now. Like if that wall's not there, what is our potential? And Mm -hmm. that leads me to another question for you, Ruby, which is I I personally think our potential is to eventually be in a polyamorous dynamic. And I think that that's the more that we talk about it and the more that we venture into kind of that gray area, the more that we know that that's probably where we'll end up one day, but Mm -hmm. there's these obstacles that we face to get there. And I'm sure you talk to a lot of people about this when they're looking to get into polyamorous relationships. For me, it's the jealousy piece. The Mm -hmm. idea of Brian falling in love with someone else is very different than him fucking someone else. I love to see Brian fuck other women. It is my favorite thing in the world. I gush over it, but if he were to come home and tell me that he had fallen in love with someone, I have no idea how I would handle that. So mm-hmm. what would be your advice for how to handle that situation or even what can I do personally
2: or people in my situation to work on that? Right. There is there's so much work um around that. It's it's difficult to offer that linear right suggestion, you know, A plus B equals C. You know, a lot of it is around redefining some things for you, redefining what commitment means, redefining what love means, redefining what trust means, just redefining some things that are not about closing the relationship down but opening it up emotionally, you know, opening it up mentally. You know, can Brian love someone else and still love you the same. And your love is not any different. His intensity of love is not any different. How he's going to come home is not any different for you. It, and that kind of takes that threat away. Also, what I can say is that the more you practice it, the better it gets, you know, the more he's in relationships. But just recognizing and accepting It's going to sting. It's going to hurt any preparation that you can do in advance. Practice and theory, you know what I'm saying? Where theory and practice is, is two separate things. And so, but you and him coming to a shared understanding of what all of this is. So there's no confusion. Well, I thought we were on this page. I thought you thought this. And there's no assumptions explicit as hell crystal clear on what this looks like. That's part of the preparation, you know, and that's part of the barriers because you're going to talk about it, but as you go along, it's going to change and adjust and get, you know, ask yourself, what is so threatening about this? What is so scary about it? You know, he can put his dick in somebody else. He can eat somebody's pussy you know, how vulnerable can you get? <laughs> oh,
0: it's so when you say it like that, but I think honestly what it means is I'm kind of selfish. <laughs> I'm really working on that. I've worked on it even in like small things that have nothing to do with like our sex lives, but I uh-huh. think I need to be less selfish and I think that would help a lot. Well,
1: again, yeah. I, it also I think depends on on every, every situation is unique, right? Uh-huh. So I really think it depends on the situation. I, I firmly believe that... First of all, I, don't, I honestly don't think I have the capacity to, to fall in love with someone else. Uh-huh. Uh, I, I really don't think I can. I, Why is that? I, I know myself pretty well, and I don't think I could do that for a number of reasons. One, the most important for me, obviously, I've been uh, I've been in a lot of relationships. I'm married and divorced four times. That's uh-huh. nothing. A lot of relationships. The truth of the matter is the reason none of my other relationships prior to mine and Brenna r- lasted or worked for the obvious, right? They weren't fulfilling because I wasn't honest and open with what I needed and wanted from from my partners, mm-hmm. and more importantly, I didn't. Not that I was necessarily a bad partner to anyone at any given point. Of course, I, I had my moments like everybody else. But the truth is, I wasn't invested in them, so I didn't really care. It, it, I was told once, well, twice by two separate ex wives that I was indifferent. I had an indifference about me. You know that mm-hmm. whether they whether they came home at night or not. I just, they knew I didn't give a shit and they Mm -hmm. were right. I really didn't. You know, Mm -hmm. if one, if somebody didn't, if somebody said, oh, listen, I think this relationship is over, it would probably have taken me seven seconds to fall asleep instead of six. So it didn't matter. Mm
2: -hmm. Now,
1: however, when I think of hurting Brenda's feelings or coming to her and saying, hey, I really want this other person to be part of our dynamic because I really have feelings for them. I couldn't imagine how she would feel about that. And I couldn't bring myself to doing it. Whereas before I couldn't have given a shit. You mm-hmm. know, it, it, so I know that I don't. I don't think I have the ability to do that.
2: You think it would hurt her?
1: Well, I don't want to. So, oh. so I don't think I have the ability to even a, to even consider anything like that. Okay, I'm, I'm I, feeling. You. Yeah, I, I do think, however, given the right circumstance, if Brenna liked the person as much as I did, she enjoyed their company. Like we have a, a regular female playmate now, uh, Hannah, who we both adore. She's wonderful. She's awesome, and, and I think that if Brenna really liked the person and felt like she could easily be part of our world and our family, then I, I I could probably accept it. But I would absolutely need her to tell me that first. Like okay. Brenda would have to okay. say that to me first.
2: Oh, that's interesting.
1: Before I could ever even
2: It is interesting. Think about it. What are
0: your thoughts on that?
2: Oh <laughs> Your honest thoughts, Ruby. Yeah, fuck it, Ruby. Have at it. you won't hurt our feelings (laughs) my thoughts are you know it is probably not that you couldn't fall in this is my thoughts that you couldn't fall in love with someone or have deep emotion for someone but you will only give yourself permission to do it if she says it's okay you know what i mean yeah it's kind of like she's the gatekeeper of your heart correct you know, which is a pretty powerful position for her to be in. And that's that primary position, which means that you have veto power, probably in in many ways within that relationship, you know, but he's giving it to you wholeheartedly, consciously, you know, it's not inferred, it's explicit. My thing is, though, with that, if that game changer does come along, what does that look like? But I'm so, and I'm going to leave that there.
1: <laughs> <laughs> you're going to play it safe, Ruby? I, don't, yeah, you, I, I safe? don't see you being that person. No, I'm
2: not. But <laughs> <laughs> I am not that person, you know. But just, it's just the reality of it. Just like she, was, she came along and, whoo, you know, probably changed some things for you that you're no longer indifferent. You it know, now, yeah, now you're open. See, right are you feeling me now now you're open you actually have a taste of what that feels like and with who you are do you think you can close yourself down like that if that game changer does come along that chick that's not better chick so that's so not politically correct <laughs> you know <laughs> if that if that woman comes along you know not that she's better than her i mean she's fucking gorgeous and beautiful has a great personality but she is someone else who is gorgeous brilliant and has a good personality too you know what i mean right or maybe helps him tap into something a different
0: side of himself i think that's one of the things we've talked a lot about with polyamory is like you know i can't be everything to brian and brian can't be everything to me so Mm -hmm. are we limiting the possibilities of our lives by Mm -hmm. only being with each other right is that something that you talk a lot about with your uh, oh yeah
2: oh yeah i mean there's so much that that pops up when you do decide to make this change you know there's those existential questions that come up who am i what do i want you know and you just start questioning things that you haven't questioned before because sure. you are more open you know you are wanting to taste life more, taste other people more, you know, you're just wanting, wanting to do that. And so things go up that you, you know, I'm not going to let this toxic person in anymore. I'm not that desperate anymore. I'm not going to do that. And then things open up, you know? And so, yeah, you discover that you, you may like apple, but you just never been introduced to an apple before. You've been always eating pineapple, (laughs) <laughs> well, I think that that's such we're, a crazy <laughs> I, like, know what you mean.
0: I love pineapple, so I liked it. <laughs> I,
2: I, I do believe
1: that as we continue moving forward, pri- partly because of, uh, again, because of our age disparity, you know, our age gap, that 20 year span, I think as Brenna gets a little bit older and we experience different things and she's introduced to some new things, That there will be some a tendency to to want to experiment even more, uh, Mm -hmm. for for particularly on on her end. So uh, you know I'm completely prepared and open and you know accepting Mm -hmm. of that for sure. So I don't as I as I said in that episode and I'll, I'll say it again. I don't really think it's fair for us to to discount any possibility going forward in terms of mm-hmm. whether or not we move into a polyamorous more of a polyamorous dynamic. you know there's an argument that we are already are to, you know, based on the relationships that we have with our regular playmates but I don't think we can really count any of that out. I think we have to be uh, open and accepting of potentially anything that comes along. I, I'm certainly prepared for it and, and as I said in that episode, I think we have to plan for it to some degree right. all joking aside there will come a point where my 20 our 20 year age gap is going to become profound. At seventy-five and fifty-five, mm-hmm. you know things are going to look very different, right? You know, and and we have to be prepared for that. I, I, right. In my opinion, I think we do. Uh, so yeah. I think moving forward, we that's going to be kind of a an ongoing thought for me.
2: Yeah. So so y'all are more thinking about you know that life planning aspect. Y'all are thinking in the long, the, the long goal. Yeah. You know, sure. not necessarily that short term for some people, which is kind of where their perspective can land when they decide to open it up into more relational aspect of it, is that they're thinking more short-term, this is cute. This thing's fun. Let's just get a third. Let's do this. Not thinking of the long-term impact to that, because there is a long-term impact to relationships. You know, once you do this, your relationship will be forever changed. Just want to cool. toss that up.
1: Well yeah and I look at this I guess I look at it from maybe a different perspective than a lot of people and it probably has to do with my my ridiculous need to kind of just dissect everything but our relationship our sexual relationship as it pertains to the lifestyle and and what potentially there there is down the road I liken it to the same as life insurance Brenda's the beneficiary of my life insurance why if I'm if I'm concerned about that piece of it why wouldn't I be concerned about her having a partner when I'm no longer around Right. Right. Mm-hmm. I, I just don't think I can I can turn that off and simply
2: count it out. Right. Absolutely.
0: Well, now that we've dug very
2: deep into, we, we into got, us, we got real deep. Yeah, really? yeah I was hip, not expecting that. Hip deep, at least. Yeah. Well, let's talk about cool. something. Let's talk about something more
1: fun. I want to <laughs> talk about Polly Dallas Millennium. That's what I want.
2: Okay. Talk about. Okay. What do you want to know?
1: Well, obviously, we know it's in Dallas, and we are super excited because we are going to be there because some amazing person asked us if we would come and speak. So we're super excited.
2: Yes, you are going to be there, we most definitely. We are looking forward to it. Tell us yeah.
1: – well, you, you kind of alluded to it in the beginning. Tell us why you started it.
2: Well, I, I started it because I wanted to educate other clinicians, other practitioners, other service providers within my area. I'm in Dallas. Actually, my practice is in Plano, which is a suburb of Dallas, and it's, it's conservative, very conservative, and therapists who are providing care to people in relationships don't really provide care to people in relationships beyond two. It's right. either one or two right? And so people who are non-monogamous, you know, who are in a lifestyle, who are whatever along that relationships um, spectrum that is ethical non-monogamy could not find therapists within the area. Also, they couldn't find therapists within the area who understood kink and BDSM without pathologizing it. There's all of the myths that you are Commitment phobic. If you are non-monogamous, you know, you are full of STIs, not recognizing that ethical non-monogamy has the least amount of STIs of of any group, you know, um, just all of these misunderstandings. And so I wanted to educate folks. So I created this, uh, me and another colleague created this six-hour workshop, and we invited all of these practitioners within our area, but who came to the event was a couple of CPS workers, because CPS is a thing when it comes to non-monogamy, and folks from like the universities that came. We expected a few, and we got like 34 within my office, and then that was in 2015, and the feedback was that people loved it but they say you need to do this over two days is too much in six hours so that in 2016 we did a day and a half and then a year after that we did two and a half days in 2017 and we've been doing two and a half days since then since that time but it started as an educational event for other therapists that's
1: Excellent. how it started so, and I'm obviously very familiar with the area in which you live and practice. Did you get a really? Did you get a strong response from the the therapist in your immediate area, that Plano Frisco area? Was it really uh, a positive response to begin with?
2: I lost fifty percent of my close relationships professionally.
1: I was gonna. I would have thought so. I was hopeful wow. that that wasn't the case, but I. I
2: thought. I became the sex lady. Gotcha. So anytime anyone got anything into my office, <gasps> sex. They, you know, and if it's non-monogamy, they went automatically to sex. They didn't consider all the other stuff that goes along with it, but they went automatically to sex. Yeah, I was ostracized, still ostracized. Really? Still to this day? Yeah, still to this day. Now there's more people who are claiming to work with non-monogamous couples, but they don't know what the fuck they're doing. So they eventually still come to me after after going through through several ther- or other colleagues of mine who understand what they're doing. A lot of them basically they get they come into my office. They say, well, the other therapist told me if I just stop our relationship will be just fine. If I just broke up with this person or left this person, it will be all right. I'm like, mm, no, that's not the issue.
1: <laughs> right. So like you said, <laughs> practice versus theory, right? I mean, right. <laughs> every, you know, a lot of folks have opinions, but do you have any practical experience?
2: Exactly. You know, oh, that's interesting.
1: I, I thought that might be the case based on where you're located, but I was yeah. hopeful that it wasn't.
2: Yeah. And also I want to mention that Dallas is just not about the, the professional I mean we have community people who are coming in who have needs, you know, to understand what is it like to have relationships because we're not taught this. You know, we just come in flying by the, the, the seat of our pants, fucking up a lot and learning. And right. so well messing up I'm trying to, I'm saying fuck a lot.
1: You're in the right place, Ruby, I promise you. <laughs>
2: I just keep saying fuck. That's one of my favorite words is an adjective, a noun. Oh, yeah, ad it, co- it
1: covers all spectrums of, of <laughs> language. All it's of it. universal. <laughs> I've been to many all countries and everyone understands it. Right.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Yes, they do.
0: So if someone was wanting to go to the event this year, what could they potentially expect?
2: What they can expect this year is that we're going to have a lot more focus on the 35 and under group because our primary people who attend the conference are like, it ranges from 17 on up to 70. But the big chunk of it are the people like from 20 to 45, 50. That's that's the big chunk of the people. And so you can expect a lot of education, um, a lot of talking, a lot of eating, a lot of partying. Um, we do know how to celebrate. And, you know, everything's bigger in Texas. Yes, ma'am. So we do everything big. We are extra in the black <laughs> yeah, We are extra, you know. <laughs> a, we're,
1: well, we're certainly looking forward to it. So it yeah. is open to everyone. Obviously, originally, it was just the therapists and the professionals, but you've kind of you've opened up the doors yeah. to everyone
2: yeah the, the first year it was primarily the 2015 that was the focus the next year it became open to the entire community we have a community track we have the of course the clinicians track where they get their education and continuing education units and all of that stuff now we have you know we give ceus for attorneys, we have attorneys, we have judges that attend, but we have the community. And then we have the focus in the middle is on just about, you know, sexual health and how to take care of yourself within relationships, you know, mental health, you know, because all of that plays and impacts your relationship. And we have those conversations. And then also, in 2020, we're going to actually have people who do research now, you know, around non-monogamy and they're coming in. Do you want to know what it looks like internationally from the frequency to relationship length to all of that stuff? So, yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun.
1: We're super excited. But after
2: five o'clock, the party starts, put your kids in bed. (laughs) (laughs) We are family oriented up to five. (laughs) Heard
1: heard that. We're looking forward to it. I, I'm, I, was, I got on the website, obviously, and was really, obviously, digging in and looking. And a couple of things got my attention I wanted to uh, just kind of touch base with you on. Okay. Consent, obviously, in the world of ethical non-monogamy, particularly uh-huh. in the swinger space, uh, huge. It has been. There's always a conversation about consent and someone kind of crossing that line or mm-hmm. what is crossing that line and that kind of thing. And the definition of consent that you have on your website I found interesting. So I'm going to read it. I want to share it with everybody.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Consent is verbal, mental emotional, physical, and ongoing permission for something to happen or agreement to do something. Right. I find that really interesting. And I never really kind of saw it put that way before. Mm -hmm. And then you have a list of what is not consent and, of course, Mm -hmm. what is consent. Mm -hmm. Number seven on that list was the most interesting to me because Brent and I talk about this all the time. We've run into this kind of situation before at events. And so I'll read that. Number seven is implied dress Gender, sexuality, ability, or disability, and level of intoxication. Right. Tell me in your. I'm curious to what you think that looks like for you personally, Ruby. Somebody is intoxicated. Somebody is impaired. What is the protocol? How is that handled in 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 your space? And in, in you know, for example, Poly Dallas Millennium. You guys are having a party. What does that look like when somebody's in that condition?
2: The first thing is several of our events that we hold on site. We actually have people who monitor what people's intoxication level looks like. You know, if you're slurring or the usual obvious things because you can't give consent because um, like in the definition, the emotional, mental piece of it. And if you're impaired, can you fully be able to assess if this is a, a safe decision, is this something that I want to do? Am I able to make the, the right choices and you know safer sex practices? We do have kink and stuff in BDSM. you know Can you be safe in doing that? and so for us, you know legally as a, an event holder, my insurance employs me to do this, which is you are responsible for your attendees making sound decisions within an event? And how are you creating a space to where you can fully give consent? So that stuff that we have on our website is saying, if you are too intoxicated, and I'm, I'm not talking one or two drinks, right. but if you are lit, you, you cannot tell someone, yes,
1: sure,
2: I fully want to do this. You know, that's bottom yeah. line.
1: We were talking, you know? I, I was talking to a friend of ours who also is a, and a friend of yours actually, who is a, a host of events and had this conversation with him after I read that on your, on your site. And I asked him if in fact there was, there were monitors in his space and if there was mm-hmm. some protocol and what that situation looked like. And of course, as it was explained, his customer base isn't, doesn't usually get into those situations. However, he did like the idea that there were other people in place in the room that were overseeing people's condition for their own safety, obviously. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, thought it was a good idea to start maybe potentially implementing that uh, in a lot of different venues. I just think it's a great idea for all anyone ho- you know hosting an event of any right. kind, particularly in the swinger space.
0: Yeah, you know, we appreciated that so much because Brian and I are both people that have been around that intoxication and seen how dangerous it can be, especially when you mix in sexual activity with it. It's just this recipe for disaster. So it's great to see you know somebody taking that very seriously. Yeah, we've oh, had yeah.
1: our our friends have told us some horror stories. We have some really good friends locally who had a just a horrendous experience with some folks that were too intoxicated. So again, I just really appreciated it.
2: Yeah, we we believe in having a consent culture within our event because it, it allows for safety because people can really easily get this sense of entitlement to your body. Let me touch it, grope it, do all of these things. And so that's around consent, like not only can you give consent, but how are you Able to receive consent, and you know, when someone says no and you're intoxicated, are you going to be coercive and push that person into a sure. yes? That's another thing.
0: Well, Ruby, if our uh, listeners want to find out more about Poly Dallas
2: Millennium, which we highly recommend that they do, where can they go for some more information? Well, you can go to polydallasmillennium.com. And I'm sure y'all have it spelled out for them. (laughs) Yeah, polydallasmillennium.com. Or you can follow me on Instagram, polydallas, Twitter, polydallas, Facebook, polydallas. It's all the same, very consistent. Or you can email me at polydallasmillennium at gmail. Or more simply, Johnson, (laughs) lcsw at gmail.com. And so you can also follow me as a sex therapist and educator at on my Instagram, Black Sex Geek, on my Twitter, Black Sex Geek. And so Facebook, Black, Black Sex Geek. Yeah, we'll put all of that in the show notes as well.
0: Absolutely. Make it easy for people to find you. Ruby, we want to say thank you so much for taking time to let us divulge all of these weird relationship questions to you today and for your amazing insights as well as what you do for the sex positive and non-monogamous community. And uh, it's it's been really
2: great talking with you. Yeah,
1: thank you so much, Ruby. I appreciate you letting me word vomit and you answering my crazy questions.
2: Yeah, the questions were great. I really appreciate it. This is a very rich and robust podcast. Y'all actually have some deep conversations. I'm digging it. Well, when Thank we have you. guests
1: like yourselves, we like yourself, we take full advantage of it. As you <laughs> say. So, we appreciate it very much.
0: Yes. Bye-bye. Bye-bye again guys that was our interview with Ruby Johnson the founder and CEO of Polly Dallas Millennium we will have all of the links to her and her content in our show notes so make sure you check her out she is so awesome
1: yes I, I really enjoyed speaking with her she was a lot of fun we had a had a good time speaking with her after we were done recording as well she's she's just a blast and I'm looking forward to meeting her and uh, all of her constituents in November in Dallas provided the world is not on fire we will be there and we'll be speaking at the event we're looking forward to it
0: Brian asked her after the interview if we were well balanced compared to her other clients and she was like yes and we're like oh thank god we thought we might have been fucking nuts so that's nice to. i'm not sure we're not
1: nuts but at least we're not like we're i guess we're in the middle we're not in either on either end of the spectrum which is kind of nice to hear
0: yes and she can also be found in the conferences module on alt playground along with some other great conferences going on when the world opens back up so once again make sure you check that out now we need to switch over, switch gears a little bit to our Patreon members. We want to say a very big thank you to the newest people jumping on board. I will say we have some really exciting things going on right now, including a Patreon exclusive giveaway of one of my favorite sex toys of all time, which is the Dorsal Geisha Anal Plug, courtesy of TabuToys.com. And we're going to continue with some really cool giveaways. We actually have another one coming up in just a couple weeks weeks after we give away the dorsal. So that is yet another bonus that we offer on top of access to our super secret telegram chat group, our Snapchat, and weekly bonus episodes of Front Porch Swingers. So we hope that you'll check us out. Your support and sponsorship on Patreon truly means us furthering our content and doing some amazing things personally as well. So we hope that you'll consider jumping over there and supporting us today. You can do so at patreon.com slash Front Porch Swingers. Our newest Patreon members this week are Brian and Don, Gabriel and Sarah, Jake and Gina, Jean, Jimmy, Roberto, and Carl. So many new people jumping on board. Thank you guys so much for your support.
1: Yes, we really appreciate it. Get on there, check us out. I don't think you'll be disappointed
0: i highly doubt it it's really fun and sexy and naughty (laughs) it is it
1: is all of those things
0: yeah so also guys if you have not already found found us on social media please consider joining us on twitter and instagram we're at on twitter at fpswingers and on instagram at fpswingers2 also please consider subscribing to us on whichever platform you are currently listening on. If you're on Apple Podcasts and have not already left us a review, please consider doing so. We may even read it here on the podcast.
1: Yeah, for sure. And check us out on YouTube. We have an amazing page there where we upload videos for our friends like Taboo Toys and Alt Playground and just some informational stuff. It's a good, good place to kind of get your, get your feet wet.
0: Yes, and we just recently edited and updated our site at frontporchswingers.com. We're going to have some new blogs available very shortly on our lifestyle resources page. So head on over there and make sure you keep up to date with us there. And what else do we have, Brian? I think that's it. Naughty shit. I'm going to have some sexy <laughs> dates. I have some big shit planned for Monday.
1: Yes. Oh, uh, yeah. Monday, well, Monday's big. We got... Well, we're doing a lot Monday.
0: We're doing so much on Monday. Yeah. Monday's big. I'm especially going to get stuffed on Monday, though.
1: You are. Totally. That's yeah.
0: priority number one.
1: Yeah. Potentially, as far as I'm concerned. Potentially by two dudes.
0: Oh. Potentially by three because I'm not fucking well, two guys and not you. Well, so. I mean,
1: I, I'm, that's a given. I'm just saying. Oh, shit. Two we haven't dudes. done
0: a slutty Monday in so long. No, I think it's a, time. It's been a hot minute. I think it's time.
1: It might just be... Timing might be right.
0: Slutty Monday part two might be coming your way very shortly, people. And we have so much fun shit coming your way. So make sure you are listening every single Monday to Front Porch Swingers. And as always, thank you guys so much for listening. Thanks, everybody. Don't forget to find us on altplayground.net. Alt Playground is an amazing open community for non-monogamous and sexually open people to connect, share, and create new adventures together. They have 20 years of experience as a regional open lifestyle website, but now they're rolling out nationally. And they're including so many amazing features, including the podcast corner, which we're very excited to be on. There are going to be videos from your favorite sex-positive folks. And also it's a great place to just connect with sexy, like-minded people. So we hope you'll come check us out at altplayground.net dot net today.